for me at the moment right now I have a young team so it's the pub dancing and it's just a bit of crack and a bit of fun dancing that's what I heard so <laughs> looking forward to seeing you at the dance oh, uh, so. I didn't say I dance Paul you could also combine that of course with a bit of karaoke I think nothing actually gets a team together that when they've actually got to get outside a little bit outside their comfort zone I'm looking forward to hearing our next All Hands Paul hearing you on the karaoke machine so it should be good you may regret that <laughs> Welcome to On Point Bearing Point's Project Manager podcast In this podcast we will pick the brains of experienced PMs to learn from their journey and be entertained by their stories Bearing Point delivers projects in many different sectors such as banking and insurance life sciences telcos manufacturing and public service to name a few so the range of projects is very broad I'm very interested to hear what are the key lessons to be learned from their experience in delivering projects on time, within budget and with quality. I'd also love to get your feedback and suggestions, so please reach out on social media channels. We'll leave the info in the show notes, or if you want to find out more, check out our website www.bearingpoint.com. So in this first podcast, we'll be looking at how to set up a project for success. And on today's podcast are Anna Byrne and Paul Allen. Paul is a director in Bearing Point and has also nearly 25 years experience delivering project excellence. So Paul, would you like to give us a quick introduction of your experience and maybe something outside of work that drives your passion? Sure, thanks uh, Kieran. Absolutely, it has been nearly 25 years and it's amazing how long that is, but I guess working with Bearing Point and I suppose consulting in general and I suppose the types of roles that we do, you know, where we take on projects and we work through those, it really feels like it's been a series of, of different jobs. I suppose no project is ever the same and really, you know, for me life is about a, a learning experience, so learning something new every day. So my background is I joined a financial institution uh, quite a while ago and uh, started there as a developer, um, progressing to analyst, uh, business analyst, and then on to project management. So I would have joined Bearing Point as a project manager. Um, so I feel, you know, with having that sort of technical background actually really does help because it, it, it means that I can really understand some of the concepts. And I think that is something that a project manager always needs to develop. They need to know and have empathy, I suppose, for what uh, their team does and sort of live and breathe it every single day as well. Outside of work, um, recently we got a rescue dog. She's a cross uh, with a Springer Spaniel in her, so needs lots and lots of walking. Um, and really, I do enjoy it because it sort of breaks the day for me uh, when I work from home. And in the evenings, I know that I've got to get out, get out of the house, hail, rain or shine. Um, and we also live in the kind of uh, at the bottom of the Dublin Hill. So uh, we can kind of make it up there on a fine day, which is really, really great. So you really kind of get that sense of breaking the, I suppose, you know, always the busy stuff that happens in, in, in work and actually just getting out and, and refreshing. So that's really helpful. Great stuff. Thanks, Paul. Um, and also with us is Anna Byrne. Anna is the projects manager, project manager's lead in Bearing Point and has more than 20 years experience of project management delivery. So Anna, would you like to give us a quick introduction of your experience and maybe something outside of work that drives your passion? Yeah, hi Kieran. nice to be here today. Uh, yeah, as you say, I lead the project management team for Bearing Point. I've been with Bearing Point for several years now. Um, it's a terrific role. I really enjoy um, the company and I enjoy the projects that we work on. As Paul says, they're varied in every which way. Um, I currently lead a large pharmaceutical project, but my previous experience has been mainly in ICT um, project delivery and programme and project management roles. 
um, outside of work, I guess my passions, I would have to say, are my family. Um, my kids and my husband keep me pretty busy, my friends. Um, but uh, really, from a hobby point of view, my passion would be reading. And I absolutely love the Irish writers. So that's what I do to relax after work. Great, great stuff. Um, as I said at the start, this podcast will look at um, how we set up a project for success. So the first question I have, and, and either of you can answer it, is um, what are the key things to get right when setting up a project from the start? I suppose really, you know, a project manager's role is, and especially at the outset of, the, of a project, there's always a hundred different things to get done. Uh, for me, I suppose really that the initial focus really should be around engaging with your stakeholders, whether they be your client or your team or both of those, obviously. And um, but there may be others as well. So that really starts to uh, help you, I suppose, develop a relationship and most importantly, I think, de- develop uh, trust with the client. And uh, the other thing is really effective communication. So um, being able to communicate, starting out with, you know, what are we about to do sort of from a vision perspective through to what's the scope of what we're doing so that everybody has a really, really clear target. And then obviously on an ongoing basis, being able to communicate exactly where we're at, what everybody needs to be doing from a planning perspective. And then also looking at obviously other things like risks and issues. So for me, they're the really key things, I suppose. Underlying that then is uh, as a project manager, you know, being able to lead, you know, having that vision having the confidence that we can get this done. I really think that really can help be the success or failure of a project. Um, And obviously that leadership skill needs to be backed up with some really good technical skills as well. Um, You know, the sort of day-to-day stuff that you need to do on every single project. Check in with your team, check where we are, uh, start on from a, a planning and progress perspective. And also, I suppose, just, you know, look at what potentially could go wrong here. How do we and how do we most importantly, how do we come back from that? Because I think if the project manager and again, it's only one part of the team, everybody else's skills are just as important, sometimes more important on getting something done. But the project manager, I suppose, as the orchestrator of what happens and probably the single source as well of of helping to understand where we're at and helping to resolve problems, um, I think can really, really help drive a project to success or failure if they're not doing their job right. So you you're sort of jumped a bit into my second question there. So I'll just put a pause on, on instead of following up there and I'll go back to Anna. So and at the, often when you are setting up a project, there's a number of unknown questions, unknown answers, if you like. So how do you address those when you're setting up a project or... You know, what sort of, how do you find out who are the stakeholders exactly? Well, I guess for me, when it comes to, you know, creating a project, setting it up for success, I would first say, know your client, know your client, know your scope and make sure you've got a clear plan. Get your resources lined up, make sure that they're available when they're needed and they're not wasteful um, and really clear, defined roles and responsibilities, both with the client side and then also within your own project team. There's always unknowns when you go into a project. You simply cannot have all of the answers in front of you. And a lot of that information comes um, while you're developing the relationship with the client, as Paul says, while you're building up the trust with them. 
So a lot of information you just get purely from interaction. But if you've got, you know, specific questions that you need answers to in order to actually fulfill um, your obligations on the project, then you need to be very specific and clear in your communications for uh, questions around that information that you need, when you need it by, who you need it from, um, and that it's delivered in the right format. So, that, you know, you can have casual interaction where you learn a lot of what you need to know, but when you still have gaps in your knowledge, then you really need to formalise your communications. Great. And so you've led nicely into where Paul was answering, which are what are the key qualities needed to be a successful PM? Yeah, and I think, again, it's probably leadership. Firstly, I think, uh, because and especially at the start, you need to be seen as the person who can help direct people and, and I suppose really get all of the various moving parts and many various moving parts you know, get them aligned, understand how the team, you know, how the teams are going to work together, uh, understand the sort of governance elements um, in terms of especially working with the client. And as Anna said, you know, getting that scope right so that everybody's really clear. It's, you know, it's always very difficult to take probably a concept of what you're trying to do and actually make that tangible. And that really is the project manager's role in terms of, uh, from a planning perspective, working with the team because they're not going to be the experts on everything that needs to be done, and but taking those inputs from the rest of the team and actually starting to create that vision of what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, and you know what's the definition of done in terms of we what have we delivered. So for me, that sort of leadership thing. But again, it is the stakeholder alignment, it is the communication side. And, you know, multifaceted skills in terms of what else you need to do. For me, the the stakeholder alignment, though, is a really, really key one because I've seen many a project, I suppose, where everything else was working fine and something was delivered really well, but still it didn't meet the stakeholders' expectations. And that is a definition of a, a, a an unsuccessful project or a failure. If it doesn't meet the stakeholder um, uh expectations and they wanted more, they wanted something different than, you know, you might have been doing things right, but you weren't doing the right thing. And that's really, really important. By having, I think, that kind of regular um, and open and transparent conversations and I suppose also being able to, uh, the ability to bring issues um, and share issues with with a with a, a, a business sponsor or a client or whoever it is and with the rest of the team, you know, that kind of open transparent way of, of managing a project um, and actually instill that all the way through the team as well that people can actually bring if there's a problem there the earlier you bring it the easier it is to solve in, in almost all cases so I think having that kind of building that trust as we mentioned is really really important because you know the same way that I've seen somebody doing all the right things and yet the project being a failure because they've delivered the wrong thing I've also seen the reverse and that is you know the, the project is not going well, but because you've had that open communication with the client, you know, and they've been part and they've got buy in in terms of resolving that, that project can actually be a success. Maybe it was late. Maybe you didn't deliver all the scope and um, maybe the cost was a little more than they thought. But they, you know, you jointly agreed on what and when and how you were delivering things. And, you know, I've seen many, many a project that was you know, extremely challenging and difficult and lots of hard questions and hard work and, and other things being done. 
but actually seen as a massive, massive success because, you know, it was a win-win for everybody, for the team delivering. They got something out of that um, and for the, the client itself in terms of an overall solution. And I guess that's what we're about from a project management perspective. Uh, we're there to kind of, you know, be the oil. I was going to say be the glue, but that might be the wrong one. Be the oil, I suppose, for actually getting a project done really, really well. So it sounds to me like there are 101 things to be done at the start of every project. And, you know, a project manager needs to have many skills to deliver them. How do you prioritise the tasks in order to make sure the most important ones get done first? So I guess just to quickly go back to your question about the project manager and the skills, because it leads into the answer around uh, prioritisation. But really, the PM, in my mind, is all things to all people. Um, so the most important thing really is the relationship with the client because that's what drives the business. But ultimately, they have to be so many things to their internal team as well as to the client. They have to have empathy. They have to be flexible. They have to adjust their style to match the, the person on the other side of the table. Overall, they have to be determined because the book stops with them and they have to absolutely push to see this over the line without destroying relationships along the way. Um, to answer your question in relation to prioritisation, so it's back to knowing your scope um, and knowing your critical path and knowing your plan and being able to prioritise on the basis of what's going to bring the most value to the client initially. It depends on whether you're running a waterfall or an agile project. You might have to prioritise on the basis of resource availability and get tasks done because somebody is available provided there's no dependencies. So it's really something that can, can shift with the sand depending on your project, depending on the client's wishes, but being able to determine what there is most value in and making sure that you can oversee the delivery of that whilst still allowing all the other tasks on the project to progress at the same time. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that's perfectly. the way I would be inclined to approach it. Perfectly. And, um, Paul? Um, yeah, so maybe maybe just to add what Anna was saying there as well, uh, the way I suppose we've been delivering projects now in, in for the last number of year, years really has been, as she mentioned, we have the waterfall type or the traditional method and we've also got the agile bit. Um, we, I suppose in Bearing Point, use a sort of a, what we call a hybrid agile. And really what that means is that upfront we do a lot of the sort of visioning through to understanding what we're delivering and agreeing the scope, etc. So that's all taken out right up front. We typically you know, develop a, a pretty solid blueprint for what we're actually doing there. We then go into that kind of agile cycle where, you know, we've prioritised all the functionality. And then that means that you, in agreement with the client and with the team, we started to build that and we start to build the important things first. So that's how you're, you're generally prioritising and making sure you're getting all the big things and really important things done first. Um, obviously, the team, you know, need to really, when they're building the solution, you need to know that things will hang, hang together and that you do come out with what we call, you know, business value at the end of each of the, the sort of sprint or sprint cycles there. And then typically at the tail end of a project, we spend a, a good bit of time then making sure that, you know, the solution is hardened, is fit for purpose, um, all of the non-functional uh, elements, you know, are tested, etc. So that approach for us has worked really, really well. And it just means that you've got the benefits, I suppose, of you know, having the time up front to think about what we're going to do. Then you go into that sort of, 
you know, very busy, agile cycle in terms of sprints and, and getting things done and having the client involved and refining things and demonstrating uh, things as you go. And then you've got, you know, typically for enterprise type solutions, you've got that time at the end again to have that pause and just make sure that what we're about to deliver, you know, as as the quality has been built in and other things like that. So that whole approach, I think, has, has worked well, especially when you're developing, um, uh, you know, solutions, but also works well for any other types of projects like transformation, et cetera, as well. So um, we've seen it you know, being really, really useful uh, kind of across the board from a project's perspective. Great. Thanks very much. Um, we're just coming to the end of this podcast now, but before we finish, just want to find um, just some quick, some information about you, uh, how you get on or what would your favourite night out be? Favourite night out? Yes. And this, this now is for, for when your next project finishes and your project team are going to bring you out to celebrate a great success. Would they be bringing it to the theatre, to the pub, to the cinema? Oh, well, I think um, for, well, if you're doing it with your project team, then, you know, I think you have to look at the size of that team, the age profile of that team and what they might actually like to do. So for me at the moment right now, I have a young team. So it's the pub, it's finger food, it's music, it's dancing and it's all of the above. Uh, Nothing formal, nothing fancy, just a bit of crack and a bit of fun. Dan- dancing, that's what I heard. So, <laughs> looking forward to seeing you at the dance. Oh, uh, so. I didn't say I dance, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I'll and, supervise the dancing. Yeah. And Paul, you could also combine that, of course, with a bit of karaoke. I think nothing actually gets a team together that when they've actually got to get outside a little bit outside their comfort zone. Although, some team members uh, that obviously is well in their comfort zone uh, and you can't get them off the mic. But uh, it's always a, a great bit of fun if you can find that with uh, a bit of food. A bit of drink, etc., and um, a good night out. Mm-hmm. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to hearing our, our next uh, all hands, Paul, hearing <laughs> on the karaoke machine. So it should be good. You may regret that. <laughs> so, um, so we're just out of time now. So before we finish, I'd just like to thank our guests Anna and Paul, um, and also you, our listener. Um, our next episode will be released soon, and we'll focus on more aspects of project management. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about Bearing Point's capabilities in this area check out our website www.bearingpoint.com and remember we'd love to get your feedback so if there's any topic in particular you'd like to hear us discussing you can reach us on email on LinkedIn Twitter or Insta using the bearingpoint underscore IE handle and all those links will be in the notes accompanying this podcast finally thanks to the podcast studio here in D2 for all their help in recording this series you've been listening to On Point Bearing Point's Project Manager Podcast